Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. You doing okay this morning? That's what you have to ask. Otherwise, it's not. We can't do this thing unless I say I'm excited or ask you if you're doing good this morning. That's how it works. I've been in church like 6,000 times this year already, right? You guys okay? We're going to have fun this morning. How many of you, I just, I couldn't see because I was sitting there. How many of you have heard me since you've been here already? Raise your hand real quick. And the rest of you haven't. So you're like, what's going on? Who is this guy? Why is he here? We're going to find out really quickly uh, what this is all about. I have a, uh, a like fresh out the oven word from the Lord for you this morning. Is that okay? Uh, like legit, like just processing my brains out while we're sitting like before worship started. So I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to actually let you know right now that I'm going to preach a message for this service and a different message for the second service. It's going to be like a part one and part two, but they're distinctly different. Uh, I have a prophetic word for this house and the people in it. So you need to understand that it is uh, a teaching, yes, but it's also a prophetic word to lay hold of and run with in this area. So I'm just giving you a warning. Um, I'm going to stay true to time and honor that. So uh, for those of you who were with me yesterday, you know that it's time to buckle up, you know, put your tray tables in the upright and locked position, make sure that you're Fastened in your seatbelt because we're about to go. We're about to take off and go for a ride. The rest of you are like, man, he talks fast. And uh, it'll be okay. I'm not going to slow down too much. I'm going to pray that the Lord gives you a grace to listen quickly in this environment. Uh, there's acceleration in the glory and presence of God. And I, I think there's something about when the presence of God shows up in a room, some things are better caught than taught, right? Amen. Some of you are like, yes, that's actually, sometimes you can just be in an environment and actually lay hold of the principles that are being teached because uh, worlds, uh, words create worlds. I don't know if you know that, but we're created in the image and likeness of a triune God. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we all mirror him, all of us. It's our intrinsic created value that we mirror him. So there's certain things about revelation and understanding and wisdom in the teaching of the word of God that realms will open up to you. It's not just an intellectual understanding, and it's not just me applying myself and trying to understand, but it's a spirit, body, soul will respond to the Word of God and the eternal principles contained therein. This is not my message. I'm just giving you like a little introduction. Some of you are like, gosh, help me, Lord Jesus. So I want to say thank you again. I'm super honored to be here in Thomasville. I love this city. I love what God's doing. Um, one of the ways that I function and that I hear and I process with the Lord is I, I tell people, I'm like, just let me get my feet on the ground. Just let me walk around town. And if I can sleep or take a nap or, 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 or go to bed, I will dream. I will begin to pick up on things in the spirit. I'll begin to hear what the Lord says about the territory, about things that have existed in seasons past, what's going on now, and what he says about your prophetic death. 
destiny, and I've slept really good since I've been here, so I have some, some stuff to uh, relay to you and convey to you this morning. Um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about what God's doing in this house, and I want to just say uh, that I honor the work and the groundwork that's been laid uh, so that other people can come in, and I also want to say um, that uh, even me being here is a sign of things to come. I believe that God is putting Thomasville on the map, so to speak. It's not that it's not on the map, but I'm telling you, you're going to begin to notice that uh, regional and national voices are going to begin to seek out this place where like you, like these people have never come through before. And it's because the Lord is almost spotlighting what's happening in this area. And I've heard some of the prophetic words about what God has said. And I say yes and amen um, to the Lord using this as an example for the nation and even for the region. I think the Lord's going to begin to raise you up and influence in government and politics and even some things that come out of the media here are going to turn the tides, so to speak, in the nation in the area of reconciliation, in the area of peace, in the area of honor. Um, anytime that you see the devil trying to do something in an area, you can pretty much bet that God's trying to do the opposite thing. So some people are like, I, I don't know if I hear the word of the Lord. Well, can you see what the devil's doing? Because if you can see what the devil's doing, you just go to that place and do the opposite thing, and I bet God will show up. I have two things that motivate me in my life really strongly. If I get a word from the Lord, I'm like a bulldog, like I will go after that thing and I won't stop. Or if I see the devil stealing, killing, or destroying something in the lives of my friends or in a, a place that I have influence, then I'll go after that. I'm not looking for a prophetic word. I'm not looking to feel led. If I see the devil stealing, killing, and destroying, I know that God didn't come to do that, but he came to bring life and life more abundantly. So if I see darkness, if I see death, or I see lack, I just go and I release life. I release provision. I release the glory of the risen Savior. And I say that to encourage you this morning that God is looking to move in your city. I understand there's certain things that have happened that are not the greatest. And sometimes you'll go into a region and you'll go into a territory. And, and it's almost like sometimes there's a dark cloud there. Now, how many of you know that it doesn't take a prophet to see the bad stuff? <laughs> it takes a prophet to see through the bad stuff and into the intrinsic value, eternal purposes that God placed there. So we're not called as prophets or a prophetic people, and I don't know if you know this or not, whether you would consider yourself a prophetic people, but you have the nature of Christ inside of you who was prophetic by nature. So we can call those things that aren't as though they are, so they can be so and release the kingdom. So you are a prophetic people because you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead inside of you. And that's exciting. So you can actually, because you mirror God, you are creating the image and likeness of a triune God, and there's, there's power in your words, and your words create worlds. You can actually, just by changing the way that you speak and the things that you say, you can literally change the entire atmosphere and environment around here. You may not have to do anything majorly. Sometimes we think that, that what God is looking to do requires a major platform or a, a, a point of like where everybody has to hear my voice or I need this place where I can convey it. Sometimes it's simply you in your home deciding, I will change the way that I speak. I will change the way, the things that I declare over my household, the things that I declare over my city. Could it be as simple as that one restaurant in town that always is slow and it bothers you? And you sit there and it's like, it's always bad here. The service is always bad. The food's so good, but the service is always bad. Justin, what are you talking about? What if you begin to go into places like the actual local business and you actually begin to encourage those people there and, and begin to prophesy and begin to, you know, maybe rather than, than complaining about something, why don't we just take responsibility where it's actually not on our shoulders and actually say, I'm going to commit to this local business. I'm going to commit in prayer. I'm going to commit to tip well, even when they serve poorly. And then all of a sudden, each waitress, each waiter has an encounter. Then all of a sudden, the chefs are having encounters. Then all of a sudden, this business has 
turned from one that was losing, losing, losing to gaining, 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 and all of a sudden the kingdom has been released in your city. This makes sense to you what I'm saying? What would it look like if we, we moved like that? What if we actually were so aware of the glory and presence of God and Christ in us is the hope of glory, right? You best believe if Christ is inside of you, your, your destiny and actually your, your, your purpose is to loose glory around you. And people get really concerned. They say, well, you're not supposed to, to touch the glory. I was like, well, there might be some old covenant thinking you have there, but actually God put his glory inside of you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Otherwise, how would we say we give God glory? Where are you getting that glory from? <laughs> how are you going to give God glory if you have no glory to give away? Just a thought, you know. Maybe it's more than just going to church and saying these fun phrases. You're like, man, he's talking so fast and saying so much. But what if the kingdom is that simple? What if it's actually that we are con- fully convinced that what God said he means? And we can create worlds with our words. And all of a sudden, we can go where there isn't something and begin to release life and release hope and release reconciliation. And all of a sudden, the lost get found. And all of a sudden, where there used to be demonic strongholds and principalities that would even run a territory for generations. Like, I'm, like it's, it's no secret that in certain territories, you go and you could say, this has always been an issue. I've, I've ministered in many cities and many nations, and, and you go to places, and sometimes I'll get in, and I'll be like, what's the Lord saying? And I'll talk to people. This hasn't happened here, just for the record. You have good leadership, and you have an amazing uh, group of leaders around you that are pushing you towards um, faith and good works and advancing the kingdom, so that's great. But sometimes I'll sit in cars, and people will be like, oh, the spirit of religion is so strong, or, you know, Jezebel is so strong, or there's, there's corruption in government. And, and my question is, yeah, but what is God doing? You know, like, what, what is God, do you know what God is doing in your city? Because if you don't know what God is doing, that's your number one problem because he didn't throw the keys to the kingdom to the lost and say, you'll advance it. He threw it to the believers, right? So if he's given you keys to the kingdom and everything that's under his feet is under your feet, then what is your excuse? Because I don't think there are any excuses left anymore. Oh, Justin, <laughs> That makes it feel like there's some responsibility on my part. You bet there's responsibility on your part. He has placed his treasure in earthen vessels. We are the earth, earthen vessels. And, 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 oh, my gosh. Jesus was the, 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 the pearl of great price from heaven. He's the way that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is actually uh, entrapped in, in, in and actually locked up in the lives of unbelieving believers because they simply don't know who they are and what they were placed on this earth to do. You were put here to implement change and to release the kingdom. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Everything that's loosened heaven loose it on earth everything that is bound in heaven you bind it here some of y'all need to get get ready to start binding and loosing because this season is upon you you don't need another prophetic word jesus already ascended into the heavenly several thousand years ago and he said all authority has been given to me and then i'm going to give it to you so now it's like keys for binding and loosing upon this rock will i build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it how many of you know that gates are not an offensive weapon I have never seen anybody in the military run out on the battlefield and they got a gate in their hand. That would be the most (laughs) foolish thing ever. Just going to beat you to death with it. That doesn't make sense. How does a gate prevail? A gate prevails, a gate is, is, is to fortify a city or to keep people out. The way that a gate operates and prevails is if it keeps you out. So upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So he is telling us a secret to your destiny that God's like, your manifest destiny, the the purpose over your life is that you kick in the gates of hell and you set the captives free. In the church, so many times we just sit 
And we put a basket on our head, or we stick our head in the sand, and we say, the darkness is so dark. Jesus, will you come and rapture us and take us away from this? And we don't want any responsibility, and we don't actually want to do anything. We want you to come and do it. But he said, I already did everything that I'm going to do. And I said, go ye therefore. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, and tell them the kingdom has come near you. You will know. Oh, my goodness. I feel excited in here. Is that okay if I'm excited? The gates of hell won't prevail. So what if God placed glory and light and life inside of you? The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in these mortal bodies. Oh, my goodness gracious. The spirit of the living God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And all of a sudden, we're not gathered together, huddled around, licking our wounds and talking about how bad the devil is. We're so convinced of how good our father is and we actually carry his DNA and that breaker and breakthrough anointing that we can go where there has been like racial unrest for years and years and years. And we can go where there has been, uh, you know, everything that's going on. We're in the South. Let's be honest. There are issues. And right now in the media and in the press, they are propagating this, this idea of lawlessness. Do you know what lawlessness? is. The Bible talks about where love has grown grown cold, lawlessness will abound. And I don't know if you know this, but there is a, there's a counter plan from the, from the devil, and it's actually a trick from the devil that's going to get everybody mad at each other and everybody hating each other and judging each other based off of things that happened in different scenarios. And currently, I believe that we are fighting battles that God has already won if we would just open our eyes and see what he's already done. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Jesus is that's what he came for. Jesus was from the Middle East. I don't know if you know that or not. He didn't have pale skin and blue eyes. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. That makes some people really nervous. Because we haven't seen that picture of Jesus anywhere, but that's who Jesus was. Jesus would get, you know, stopped at TSA. <laughs> I'm serious. In some churches, he wouldn't be welcome. Because we have this idea that Jesus is our Jesus, and Jesus is, you know, no, let's just be real about things. Like the people that Jesus hung out with, sometimes we wouldn't hang out with. But God is bigger than those things. Can I talk plainly to you? I'm going to do it anyway, so you might as well just suck it up. (laughs) I say, suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. But let's talk real. God is looking to do things. There is a spirit of lawlessness that is actually being propagated in the media, and the prince of the power of the air is trying to keep people angry and at unrest. And I'm telling you, there's a difference in what God has called you to, and the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. They're not driven by what they hear through news media and this, that, and the other. And I'm telling you that the kingdom that he is preaching and the kingdom that he's talking about doesn't even come from this realm, so he's not looking for a political reformation kind of thing. He's looking for his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not a political party. It's not a socioeconomic group. It's not a special interest group. Everybody's crying for their voice to be heard because the earth is full of orphans who don't know that they have a father and don't know that they're already accepted and they don't know that they're already loved. And all the while, the, the spirit of adoption is, is calling out, the spirit of reconciliation is that be reconciled to God. Get that orphan thing off of you. Be a son and be a daughter. How am I going to fight for what I don't have if I have everything according to his riches and glory? He supplies all of my needs. It's about time for the church to stand up and get out of this entitlement thing. Like, there's a difference between identity and entitlement. You know that an orphan will, will fight and beg and plead and scratch to get things because they're scared to death that their needs will never be met. But a son and a daughter doesn't think that way. They, they know that this is, I don't know how it's going to work out, but my daddy's going to take care of me. My mama's going to take care of me. You guys all right? 
But the problem is we see that spirit running rampant within the church. And, you know, you've heard the, the, the term a religious spirit, right? Well, the religious spirit and the political spirit, I actually kind of embed together. I don't know if I can say that or not. But the religious spirit and the political spirit, is it? You'll find that where you find a political spirit, you'll find a religious spirit. Where you find a religious spirit, you'll find a political spirit. And God's not concerned with popular opinion. I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> Jesus has never been concerned about popular opinion. What happened was Jesus came to his own and his own didn't even recognize him because he came to show them a better way. He came to show them that hey, you actually love people to a fault of your own. What if we were unoffendable as the people of God? What if there was like no line that I drew in the sand that says, I will love you until you do this because Jesus didn't have those lines. Jesus, oh my goodness, Jesus came to his own, his own knew him not. All Jesus did, he was without sin, he came to seek and save the lost. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And because the enemy had blinded the eyes of the people that he came to rescue, we're the ones who nailed him to a tree, but he still refused to retaliate. The only thing that Jesus did is, no man takes my life from me, but I willingly lay it down. What if we were so convinced of this ministry of reconciliation that God has given us from which we can cry out, Abba, Father. We were so convinced that even though he slay me, he could raise me up. Or even if, you know, if a seed fall to the ground and die, it dies alone. But if it dies, it produces a harvest. I'm telling you, greater love has no man than he lay down his life for his brothers and sisters. And sometimes we're so, we, we think that there's, there's nothing greater than the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power, oh my, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation. And some of us have been allured through different angles, whether it's a political spirit or it's a special interest group or it's social justice. I have to tell you that there is a difference between God's justice and social justice. And there's a voice crying out in the earth across multiple arenas, whether it's, whether it's, um, all of these different things, whether it's a political party, whether it's LGBTQ community, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's uh, this, that, or the other, there's all these things. And what I'm hearing is I'm hearing a lot of noise, but I'm not hearing a lot of solutions. And it's different than the voice of Dr. King, and it's different than the voice of some of those people that we heard. And I'm telling you, there are voices and there are people that God is raising up with the ministry of reconciliation who don't come to the table with all the problems, but they actually come with a solution. And I believe that in this territory, God is raising up those with solutions. Those who are reconcilers, pleading with God, be reconciled to God. He's already made the appropriation. He's already made the, the, the means in which you need to get there. And, and I'm telling you, if God has forgiven you of much, how can you not forgive other people of much? And it's no longer where we come together in settings and gatherings and we're like, well, this is how bad I was hurt and this is how bad I was hurt. Because actually God is so much better than the devil is bad. And God has always moved on the, uh, the, the disenfranchised and the marginalized. He's always looked at those people groups. He said, I will choose to pour out my glory on those people who refuse to be offended. And some of us want to see glory in a move of God, but we got a fence like in our blood and we have to get it out. The love of God is training us away from that place. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, got, I feel the Lord in this place. I'm preaching to you plain like it is because most people aren't saying it right now. We're talking about all this other stuff that doesn't matter. Like what if God's actually getting after the hearts of his people? I got a word for you this morning. Is that okay? Whew. 
My message this morning, if I had a title, would be Ambassadors and Oracles. The Bible talks how, about how we are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ or ambassadors for the anointing. And it's very important that if we are ambassadors and we are propagating a message that comes from a different place, it's not this realm, we need to know what that is and who we are representing. It's really important. And the Bible also talks about if any man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. It's a big fancy word that basically means a mouthpiece for God as a messenger from heaven. And I want to tell you briefly this morning what it, is, what it looks like to be an ambassador for heaven, an ambassador for Christ, and an oracle of the Lord. If you would go with me to 2 Corinthians five fourteen through 21. This is so important that we understand that we are part of a ministry of reconciliation that actually brings everybody. It no longer holds trespasses against them, but reconciles them to God. Pleased with them. He reconciled me. He can reconcile you. There's nothing that can separate us. There's therefore, there's, there's no middle wall of separation. There's no dividing line in the sand anymore. He calls us one. There's one spirit. There's one God. There's one body. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. And if he died for all, that those who should live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. You know, your battle is not with flesh and blood. You know, your enemy is not in this room. And it's not out there either. We wrestle against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. But it is like Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He did not come to the world to condemn them, but through, the, through him the world might be saved. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, we, we don't know him this way any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Look at this. If I'm going to be an ambassador for Christ, an ambassador for the anointing, I need to know that as he is in this world, so am I. And as he is in this world, so are we. So that's not just miracles, signs, and wonders, and revival. That means that Jesus did not hold a grudge, that Jesus did not hold offense. He did not demand his own way, but he laid his life down. No one took his life from him, but he laid it down. And in that act of sacrifice and in that act of laying his life down, the world around him, the systems around him were confounded. And all of a sudden, he died. Yes, he died. He went down into the belly of hell. But you know what he came out with? He came out with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And we talk real big in church like death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? But the moment that it gets mildly uncomfortable, we start complaining. But it is part of the mandate that is given to us. Baptism, which you're about to celebrate next week, is a picture of death, burial, and resurrection. Resurrection power is on the other side of death. And some of you are this close to your destiny. You're this close to seeing resurrection power, but you must first die. And there is glory that the Lord is aiming to pour out on his church, but we have neglected the ministry of repentance and, and actually death to self and picking up our cross and following after him. And as it, you know, it was accounted to him a certain way, it's going to be that way for you. Are you guys okay? Hallelujah. I'm going to go back to now. All things are of God who has reconciled them, uh, us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. 
uh, through God, uh, as, though, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be, become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There is something about lay, loving your own life not unto death, like, like laying your life down willingly for those around you that introduces us, uh, introduces them to God. Like they're not going to know unless we show them. Talk is cheap, but demonstration never lies. People, they won't remember my messages. They won't remember, but they'll remember what I do. They'll remember when I, when I you know, like when I go visit them in the hospital when their, their loved ones die. You remember those things. You don't remember words. You remember actions in a person's life. And it's about time that the church of the living God actually, it's put up or shut up time. Like we've had all these nice, cute phrases for so long, but talk is cheap. Let's see some demonstration. Let's actually see people not love their lives unto death and actually begin to demonstrate what God's doing. First Peter 4.11, if you would go there with me. I feel the spirit of God in this room, and I feel this reformation thing that's on Thomasville, and it's on this church and on these people. And, and sometimes I understand that I'm a little intense for an early Sunday morning service, and some of you are like, wow, I wasn't ready for this. I just came into church, and I thought it was going to be normal, and I'm telling you right now that God is looking to light a fire under the rear ends of believers and get them out of their seats and onto the streets and ministering reconciliation. Because we've gathered too much around ideas and like, this is, this is what it is. No, this is so that we can get filled up to overflowing, go out there and go leak on people. <laughs> you need to get you know, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. I need to presence. I need to encounter God so that other people will encounter God when I get out there. I want to be so saturated in the presence and glory and goodness and revelation of Christ in me that when I get out there, I walk into a coffee shop and people over here start weeping. People over here start laughing. All of a sudden, people get free. I just need to go to church. Have you ever sat next to somebody and they're like, you know, I just need to quit doing this and I just need to do this? Happens to me regularly. It's because they recognize the spirit of God on you. It's the love of God that draws men to himself. Kindness of God leads men to repentance, and all of a sudden, you're so saturated in the presence and glory of God that people just begin to confess sin next to you because they feel like Jesus is sitting next to you. That would be something, wouldn't it? What if I walk into a room and all of a sudden the demons that are in people flee? Has that ever happened to you? Because I promise it can happen, and it will happen. What if I'm sitting on a plane next to a demonized person, and they're real uncomfortable that I'm sitting there? (laughs) Happened on the way here. (laughs) But because the, the reality of Christ in me and the kingdom in me is so much greater than this reality of this temporal place. His, his kingdom is not from here. It's from another place. It's about time that we become acquainted with that place. First Peter 4.11 says this. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oral, oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. How does God get glory? Very important that we understand. God gets glory through Jesus Christ. Well, well when we, what we do with Jesus Christ matters. If we want to glorify the Lord, if we want to glorify the Father in, in heaven, then we must manifest Jesus in everything that we, we do. It is very important. It's more than the idea of the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of peace, sword of the spirit, shield of faith. All of those things, you are actually clothed in the person of Jesus Christ. There's another reference in the New Testament that it's it's high time that we awake out of sleep and put on the armor of light. The armor of light is not just armor. It's literally the person of Jesus Christ that we have put off the old man and we clothe ourselves in Christ. And all of a sudden, as we walk around, we stand as an ambassador for Christ because in the spirit, we look the same as he does. I don't know if you know that. 
If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us those sins, all in righteousness. And now we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How righteous is God? I promise you he's really righteous. So if the sin issue is settled, if the the sin account is taken care of, if everything, every offense, every transgression, everything that I've ever done in my life was forgiven by no merit of my own, how can I hold offense against my brother or my sister? It is impossible. But the problem is we are not sometimes aware of what God has done in and through us and for us, and we don't value it greatly. But I'm telling you that God is about to wreck you with a revelation of his love for you. And when you understand that you're loved, you can love anybody well. When you recognize that he, he put to death the offense, and we were at enmity with God. We were enemies with God because of what, what had happened. And he made a way when there was no way. And here we stand because of what he's done with this ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors. Are you guys all right? John 1, or not John, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, if you'd go there really quickly. And I'm going to move into this. I know it's like fast and furious, but I warned you already. Told you to put your tray tables up and buckle up. <laughs> Oh, I love the word of God. We're talking about being ambassadors and oracles, a representative of Jesus Christ here on earth, a mouthpiece for him, a demonstration and a declaration in the earth. He wants to manifest his glory, and his glory looks like Christ in us is the hope of glory. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, it said, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by his prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. And I want to address this because particularly in the South and particularly where you have a clashing of cultures in the church where some people say cessationism, God doesn't do that anymore. They use this scripture as like a license to say, well, God doesn't do it. No, it just means that the prophetic order changed in the new covenant, that in the old covenant was speaking of a, of a time to come. They, they long to look into. They look through dimly into what God was doing. But now that Christ has come, it has become, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the exact representation of the Father. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So now we have not just a picture, a prophetic uh, ideology or somebody painting an illustration. We have God put on flesh and he, he, he dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The government was on his shoulders. We have Jesus here. Now we know what God looks like. Now we know the heart of God. So now prophetic ministry in the new covenant always, always, always looks like reconciliation. If you know of a prophetic person and their word is condemnation, guilt, shame, and condemnation are not the language of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you may have somebody moving in a gift, but it's absent of repentance. They don't actually know God. Change the way that you think for the kingdom has come. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. How can we stand as sons and daughters of the living God and stand on a soapbox and point the finger at those out there because the lost don't know they're lost? They need to know the love of God. And maybe the issue is not that they're so depraved and all of that. Maybe it's that you've never given them a good enough example to make them want to run in. Last time I checked, the the lost are not running into the doors of the church. It's because there's not a, a tremendous amount of love being manifested out there. But in Hebrews here, it says this. I'm going to read it from from top to bottom again. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, uh, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So Jesus settles the score of sin. 
in our lives. Jesus settles all things in the same ministry that he has. Now we can stand as an ambassador for Christ, an ambassador for the anointing, an oracle of God, because as he is in this world, so are we. It simplifies everything. Well, what about judgment and all that? That's not your business. (laughs) It's not your business. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. No longer counting their trespasses. Well, what about this? And what about this? No longer counting their trespasses against them. But imputing righteousness. What if Jesus was on the cross and he said, oh, well, they did this, but that one thing is not good enough. The blood of Jesus is either enough or it isn't. You didn't get into the kingdom by the blood of Jesus and your best efforts. You did not. I don't know what anybody told you, but you didn't. You don't need Jesus and a little bit of you. If you think you did, you're deceived, you're deceived, you're deceived, and you're probably operating in a religious spirit, and you're probably unhappy. Pharisees and the Sadducees missed Jesus because they thought it was by their power, but it wasn't by their power. Jesus by himself accomplished those things. Read that passage and read how many times he by himself had accomplished these things. He did it. He did it. He did it. All you got to do is say yes and amen. Yeah, come on. All you got to do is enter into the finished work of the cross. It's so much more liberating. It's so much more free. You guys okay this morning? Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. I felt like the Lord this morning, uh, I had this picture of, of like the soil, and I saw like these cracks in the soil, and, and I saw just like throwing seed down into some places where it was like maybe a little, a little cracked and dry on the surface, but there was water beneath the surface. You dig enough, you'll find water. And I felt like the Lord said, you're just going to throw some seeds into those deep cracks and those crevices, and all of a sudden they're actually going to begin to grow really, really, really fast. So I want to ask you this morning, if you just go ahead and stand to your feet, because I want to pray over you, and I actually believe there's a corporate grace for this house and this territory. For some of you, as I was preaching, you're like, man, everything inside of me is feeling like it's coming alive. What is that? I don't know what it is. It's agitating, irritating. It's the prophetic is what it is. It calls those things forth. It's a breaker and a break forth and a breakthrough anointing. And I'm telling you that some of you are about to see exploits as you move as an ambassador for Christ in this realm and in this territory. For some of you, it's going to be a demonstration. For others, it's going to be a declaration where it's a time to stand up and be counted and stand up and actually be a voice for change and actually be a voice for love and compassion and mercy and suffering long, dare I say. (laughs) Because the world doesn't know what to do when people willingly lay down their life. For people that don't love them. It messes with the enemy. We can't fight on his plane and on his playing field. We'll never win. We'll just be exhausted, broke down, busted, and disgusted. But there is a higher way. Seated in heavenly places, we can boldly come before the throne of grace. It's much easier to fight as a son than it is as a soldier. <laughs> I'm not a foot soldier out on the battlefield. I'm a son. I'm actually seated with the king on, you know, beside him as he's winning the body. He fights our battles for us. I don't know if you know that or not. Just put your hands on your heart. Lord, I just bless these, your people, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for a reformer anointing that is on these, your people. I thank you for divine strategy from heaven that's being loosed. I thank you for dreams and vision for their uh, respective realms of influence, God. Lord, I thank you that people will begin to esteem them greatly for the wisdom that comes from heaven as they sit in the council of God and they actually are baptized in the very spirit of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Lord, I pray that a holy dissatisfaction would hit them in their gut, and they would be ravenously hungry for more of you, that they would be ravenously hungry for a move of God, for a touch of God, for for heaven to set down in their situation and loose your glory. Lord, I thank you for reconciliation, like a real thing. The Lord came to me 
about a year ago and said, uh, Justin, I'm about to release 100 year voices in the earth. And I said, God, you know, like, what exactly do you mean by that? And he said, the voices that come around every once in a hundred years, like the, the Dr. Kings, the Billy Grahams, the Mother Teresa's, the Winston Churchill's voices of that caliber, voices that, that lived on past their lifetime and past their impact. He said, I'm about to release a whole generation, like a hundred Billy Grahams, like a hundred Dr. Kings. And the world is literally going to be turned upside down by these anointed and appointed reformers that are going to shake the, the, the foundations of the earth. They're going to shift the status quo. And I release that over you right now in the name of Jesus, that God is raising up some hundred year voices in this room. And he's not res- a respecter of persons. And there is no uh, junior Holy Spirit and there is no older Holy Spirit. He gives the spirit without measure to his church. And I'm telling you, whether you're five years old in this room or whether you're 85 in this room, God has got a mandate and a call on your life. There is no bench, bench sitting in the this season of life. I'm telling you, there is no retirement in the kingdom. God has a mandate and a call on all of you, and it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, would you loose a fresh anointing, a fresh wind, and a fresh fire on these, your people, to go and to sow in every season and to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I thank you for these ambassadors. God, I thank you for these oracles. God, I pray that you would touch a coal to their lips and purify their speech. And I pray that you would even purify their eyes and remove scales off of them so that they can see with great clarity what you came to do and your will be accomplished. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. And all God's people said, amen and amen. I'm going to give it to Pastor Jamie. I'm just going to drop it and run. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.